Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive of offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models in dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark. Broadcasting live from the ESPN 690 and Jar and Levine Studios. This is Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690 with Brent Martineau and Austin Lane. signs officially yeah <laughs> i mean we're just kidding coos we're just kidding coos <laughs> who messed up the buttons you over the weekend or somebody else over the weekend blame somebody else go ahead oh yeah it. i'm blaming the jumbo shrimp they had their games so oh, they had yeah. to connect in oh yeah for yes sure, for sure. yes trip on fire coos was the guy that came in with the pizza was that the jumbo shrimp guy yeah he's the board up i feel really bad now because i was what like coos you order pizza and you're like no <laughs> I'm like, oh, all right, well, see you later. <laughs> Whoops. Yeah, I mean, whatever. <laughs> He's a nice guy. He's I quiet, I didn't see an email about it, so how's I supposed to yeah. know? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> That's funny. Next time send me an Did email, Did he say something to you? Say what? Did he say like, No, he didn't say anything. No, he didn't say anything. Coos just kind of laughed. And that was it. Uh, it's a jumbo shrimp off to a good start right here on ESPN 690. They've had, been fun to watch. A lot of offensive firepower. Jacksonville Iceman making a push as well. They were down 3 nothing. scored six unanswered goals yesterday. So uh, some good stuff happening in the local sports scene. Oh, and we've talked about it. But Ian Rappaport and Tom Pellicero say it's happening. Mm-hmm. Didn't we kind of say it's been happening for like a week now? Yeah, I mean, it's been kind of on the table for a while. I yeah. think, I mean, it is all Trent Palky and basically Irvin Meyer say it's happening by not saying it wasn't happening? Well, and Tony Khan said that he's, you know, they've worked him out and everything. Yeah. And he's been in discussions. And now it's just finally official, yeah. And it's not really official because basically the report today, and I think it's just a Monday, uh, hey, and you got anything? Yeah, no, for sure. <laughs> because for sure. it's. It's not a done deal, but it's trending that way. Well, like I said, it's been trending that way for the last week. I mean, come on. I mean, it's going to be a one-year deal for Tim Tebow to sign with the Jags. I mean, I I think we've all been no – I guess once Rappaport tweets it and kind of sees it, everybody's like, whoa. But it's still not official. Mm -hmm. And, you know, some conversation I think was going to happen after rookie minicamp. I think maybe Peter King said something about that today in his column. Mm -hmm. But – I think it's happening. When it does it happen? How does it happen? What does it mean? All those things. I mean, we've kind of discussed some of it, but Tim Tebow and the Jacksonville Jaguars are going to be a thing. I mean, that's going to be a thing. And, uh, you know, I did a poll last week. I think over 1,500 people voted on this poll, and I was a little surprised Mm. because Twitter's a place where I didn't think would really like the Tebow idea. And that's who was voting on this poll. Sure. And and we all there's all different audiences. Like I, I understand people like we live on I live on Twitter a lot and mm-hmm. 
some people that listen to the show live on Twitter a lot, but then there's a lot of people that don't. Well, yeah. there are different audiences, and Twitter's a different audience than, say, the people that might watch us on TV or or always listen to us here on radio. That doesn't mean they're also on Twitter. Uh, some people use Facebook. A lot of people use Instagram. Mm-hmm. There's just a variety of ways. A lot of people listen to the show and watch the show on YouTube, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and we appreciate all those different platforms. But what I'm trying to get across is one platform doesn't mean – they think the same way as the other platform. It could be like a different segment of people and thought and all that stuff. Well, I kind of thought the Tim Tebow people on Twitter would be negative about him coming to Jacksonville. At least the people that voted on my poll, it was like 62 or 63 percent said, yeah, I'm all for it. Let's give yeah. it a try. I was a little surprised about, right? by that. See, I, I, I'm not that surprised at all just because whether it's Twitter, Instagram, I mean, wherever, like nobody dislikes Tim Tebow. You, you would be a you'd be a fool. I mean, the, the the guy is you know closer to I think heaven than anybody than any of us are ever gonna be. It's the media scrutiny that came with Tim Tebow the first time around when we're talking about either he's gonna come to uh, you know Jacksonville or New York. Like people didn't have a problem with the person. It was about how he was covered. Now that's not Tim Tebow's fault. That's just that's really the media's fault and just how society viewed him. I think now when we fast forward the conversation, he spent some time in minor league baseball. Um, time has elapsed, and now he's coming back to Jacksonville. I feel like people, I don't want to say they don't care because they do care because he's one of Jacksonville's own sons, but I don't think people really care about that media circus anymore, that media distraction, because it's not going to be like it was back in 2000, whatever it was, 11, 2012. It's going to be different now. He's playing the tight end position. He's not playing the quarterback position. And when you have bigger stories like Urban Meyer, like Trevor Lawrence, with all due respect to Tim Tebow and what he's about, I feel like that takes a, a, a third wheel behind Trevor Lawrence and Urban Meyer. So once again, will some media scrutiny come? Will people have an opinion? Absolutely. That's just the power of Tim Tebow. But it's not going to be anywhere close to if he was going to be signing back in 2012 or whenever it was. Well, that's a great call. And I, I think there's an irony. I was just talking to our news folks because I'll jump out at 5 o'clock, probably do a TV story on this. And I think that to me is the ultimate kind of bookend story of Tim Tebow and the Jaguars is I, I am so I so vividly remember and I don't have the greatest of memories sometimes on these occasions, but I can remember being in that newsroom in 2012 when Tebow was essentially picking between the Jaguars and the Jets mm. and our newsroom was buzzing. And we're trying to get information. And we've got a couple of people thinking, hey, might go this way, might go that way. We're waiting on it. Then all of a sudden, well, I don't know if it was a national guy that broke it or if we just got word that it was the Jets. And it became less of a story because it wasn't going to be in Jacksonville. But at that time, you're on the heels of fever pitch Tebow mania coming off the Broncos success, right? Mm-hmm. Coming off the Gator National Championships. Ten years later, I, I find the irony of it. To be wow, that's it's kind of cool in a way, you know, that people that like to tell stories and like storytelling. I mean, it's a decade later now he's going to end up back in Jacksonville for a little bit. Nothing wrong with that, mm. but I do sense the same thing you just said. In 2012, there was this thought, and I'm not saying I agree with it, but there was this thought that Jacksonville needed Tebow, needed Tebow to help turn the franchise around. If he could be successful at quarterback, needed Tebow to sell tickets, Mm. right? Needed Tebow to create the buzz. Shad Khan's early stages of the hottest ticket in town. He did not turn his head to Tebow. He kind of liked the idea of Tebow, I think, back in 2012. Well, you fast forward to 2021. 
This is a Jacksonville Jaguars organization that now does have Trevor Lawrence, has Urban Meyer, has a lot of excitement, momentum. And I think Tebow getting signed will be just a piece of the puzzle, almost footnote-esque. But it certainly won't be a big part of the pie. The big pieces of the pie are Trevor and Urban. Mm -hmm. That's what's going on now. That's why there's excitement in Jacksonville. Trevor and Urban. Boom. Stops. Now, Trevor, Urban, Tebow become a nice national story. You talk about it. NFL Network talks about it. ESPN talks about it. Judy Batista just tweeted about it. Mm -hmm. You know, you'll get that. And there's Mm -hmm. nothing wrong with that from a marketing standpoint, from a buzz standpoint. I welcome it. I like the buzz around Jacksonville. I like when people are talking about the Jaguars. And I think the fan base likes when people are talking about the Jaguars. And I really don't think this has much negative effect. I think it's very low risk on the Jaguars part, Urban Meyer's part. And even Tim Tebow's part, and there might be a little reward to it, although I don't think the re- reward is even that high. I think the reward is, hey, they're light in the tight end room. You could get a Taysom Hill-esque kind of gadgety See, no, guy, no, no, potentially. No, 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 no. And no, you could no. also, uh, well, you don't want that, but I'm just saying no, you could. No, and you man. could also get, uh, from a cultural standpoint, I think bringing a guy like Tebow into your locker room can't hurt you. So I think there's a lot of things that, are fine this time, but you're right. It's totally different than it was. Like the circumstances are totally different than nine, ten years ago, where this becomes more of the side story than the main story. I think even in Jacksonville, as big as Tim Tebow is, do you want to see him run the the, the Taysom Hill gadget stuff? I don't. You can run the Taysom Hill gadget stuff without taking Drew Brees out of the game. Taysom Hill did more for the Saints than just take Brees out of the game and, and run the football. I mean, there were times where were we okay with LaVisca Chenault getting in the backfield sometimes? That's a cool thing, right? I mean, if Tebow's lined up in the backfield was, instead of at tight end, is that an okay thing? Why not? I'm saying if Trevor Lawrence comes off the field and Tim Tebow goes in, then I got an issue with yeah, it. Yeah, I know. You've been very consistent with that. I'm not that far down the road with it. I just think... Well, we when, better get there, man, because Tim Tebow just signed a contract with the Jacksonville Jaguars. He hasn't Jaguars. yet, so Whoa, okay. wait in another a, week until we a, make it in official. In a few days. But uh, I don't trust Ian Rappaport as much it, as you do, obviously. But We're uh, talking about it right now, aren't it, we? The, the bottom line is you can do things with Taysom Hill... That doesn't necessarily involve you taking Drew Brees out of the game. They decided to use him in that role more often than not. But, like, what's – did you get excited when LaVisca Chanel went to the backfield? I did. Like, I kind of liked it. It was like, hey, something different. Now, whether that was Wildcat or lining up next to a guy like Trevor Lawrence or at the time like Gardner Minshew, that gives you a different look. I think Tebow can do some of those things without taking Lawrence out of the game necessarily. Okay, but I'm saying why did they use Taysom Hill over Drew Brees? Legitimate question. Uh, running threat. Exactly. Drew Brees is not a running threat. Not at all. Would you say Trevor Lawrence is a running threat? Yes. Okay. So there we go. Okay, but um, again, if you took if you took Tebow and you lined him up at, at the tight end spot, and then all of a sudden everybody goes in motion and before the play, and now you put him in the backfield. No, listen. And, and now, this, again, Trevor's still in the game. I'm I saying you can do I, those kind of things. What I'm about is if Trevor Lawrence comes out of the game, and Tim, this is what I've been very adamant about. Sure, go ahead and run a gadget thing. Go ahead and run a jet sweep with Tim Tebow. I literally don't care. What I have an issue with is if Trevor Lawrence comes out of the game and Tim Tebow goes in and they run some kind of Taysom Hill S, which Drew Brees did a lot of. I mean, we saw Drew Brees in the sidelines how many times? Quite a bit. That's what I have this issue with. 41-year-old Drew Brees, yes. Okay, that's what I have the issue with. If you want to run a wildcat or whatever, then so be it. That's fine. 
But I'm saying if we're talking about Trevor Lawrence coming out of the game so they can run a gadget play with Tim Tebow, that's where I have the issue up. That's fine. I, I, let's have that issue in, like, September. I think you're getting wrapped up in that concept a little bit too much. You can still do different things with different players. And Tebow gives you an opportunity, maybe, I'm thinking in, in Urban Meyer's mind, to do some different things. That doesn't necessarily mean you got to take Trevor Lawrence out of the game and Tim Tebow's now throwing on third and eight. There were but, times that, that Taysom Hill would throw it on whatever down it was, second and whatever, and their design was to throw it. I don't see that in this case. I see more LaVisca Chenault that can throw it a little bit. Mm. Yeah, I, I mean, There's I, a I threat gotcha. of throwing it with Tebow. Like, there it's, is certainly that threat. It's just the question, who's faster, Tim Tebow or Trevor Lawrence? Or is it pretty comparable? Yeah, uh, that's a good question. I would think it would be, I would think probably Trevor Lawrence. Is, All right, yeah. then. Who has the better arm? Trevor Lawrence. Okay. Who's going to run over people better? Tim Tebow. I mean, do we need... Okay, and and that's fine. Then go with Cam Newton if you want to run over some people. That's fine. But my point is, is we can talk about it right now because, once again, I I won't buy 100% in the Ian Rapp report. I won't buy 100% into what Dillow says, whoever else says anything. I won't buy 100% into it. But let's just assume right now that Tim Tebow in a week signs the contract with the Jacksonville Jaguars and he's the tight end. Okay. In the back of my mind, I see what Urban Meyer does on offense, the gadgets that he runs, and I'm going to go to, okay, there's more to Tim Tebow than just playing tight end. Because if that was the case, you traded Josh uh, Oliver for what? Literally nothing. Yeah, didn't, even give him a, didn't even give him a chance, but you're going to bring Tebow, Tim Tebow in for what? Just to play tight end? I think there's more to it than that. I do too. So that, I'm just saying. I mean, I think it warrants talking about because what else are we going to talk about in the summer? Yeah, well, I think, <laughs> well, no, I, I think it will warrant talking about as well first there's a couple of things that will make it even more warranted and that is he's got to look good enough to make the team right sure. because we're talking about a time frame when you have 90 players on a roster and not 53 so you, te- you got to tell me he's one of the best 53 and i still think that's a big time long shot for tim tebow at this position and uh you know me i've said it before there's an appreciation um about tebow and that that he's willing to fail Mm-hmm. You know, because there's no there's not a lock. I don't care if you know Urban Meyer or your neighbors with Urban Meyer. There's not a lock that he makes this roster mm-hmm. uh, if this doesn't go well as what they look think it could look like uh, in practice. But then how do they use him in some of their practices and, and whatever else that they're running out there? Mandatory minicamp, you know, and then we get to August. Yeah, I, I think there will be some debatable times like. Should they take Trevor Lawrence out of the game? I just don't see it in that role. I, I feel like this is more LaVisca Chenault, which we made a bingo card about. Sure. But with a threat of throwing because he played quarterback at one time. But I'm looking at an athlete now in, in Tebow that hasn't really thrown a football competitively in a long time. I'm not mm-hmm. sure how much I'm trusting that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I do think from special teams, from – Maybe tight end, maybe different looks, maybe even a somewhat of a fullback role on short yardage situations if you need somebody to lead the way. Mm. Uh, I I mean, you can do some fun things, I think. I I think that's what Urban Meyer will have in mind, and he's the offensive whiz, not me. So I don't know where his mind is, Mm -hmm. but... I got to believe he said he welcomed this opportunity because he had some things in his playbook that were like, I think this could work now after watching the NFL, after watching a guy like Taysom Hill, after watching some of the college guys and how they are used in a versatile way. I think that's where he's going, but maybe not to the extent in my mind. I haven't got my mind to the extent that Trevor Lawrence is coming out of the game. It's worth you know, bringing up that it could happen. Absolutely. I just don't know if that's how I see Tebow utilized 
uh, yet. I don't feel that way. How many tight ends does a team usually keep? Usually four. Okay. It depends so on the fullback position sometimes, sure, too, but sure. usually four. Well, and I don't think this team's going to be really using a fullback in this no, Urban think, Meyer well, spread. Especially so. with this kind of move. Like, you could use Tebow. You can use Manhurts. You can use yeah. Farrell. So, a lot of teams now put that tight end in the backfield to, use, to do that. Yeah, so this is my point. Okay, so let's assume that you keep four. That's pretty standard. I don't think they're going to go three. Let's keep four. So you got Chris Manhurts, who you just signed. You got Luke Farrell, who you just drafted. Yep. You got James O'Shaughnessy, who I, I mean, if he's healthy, he's going to make the he's team. Your best pass catcher think. right now. Correct. And then Tyler Davis, or are we not? Yeah. Tyler, and then Tyler Davis. So that's four right there. So then, okay. If I look, if I, if I name those four names right now, can Tim Tebow beat those guys out in training camp? And if everyone's healthy, I think it would be hard. I do too. But once again, if we throw in the caveat of, okay, maybe he's not going to be the top four tight ends on this team, what else can he do? I mean, is it justifiable for keeping him as like a personal protector in the punt team? I don't think so. So then it begs the question, well, if he's not going to make the team just as a straight-up tight end, what else can he do? And that's where my theory of, okay, he can run the gadget things from the quarterback position. Yeah. So, so that's why I'm so on it, because I'm trying to figure out how is he going to make this team. Because as a straight-up tight end, going in during the regular season, getting reps – I think it's hard to do. Now, maybe Tim Tebow's the you know reincarnation of Travis Kelsey. Who knows? But just from what I know right now, I think it's hard for him to make the team just from the tight end perspective if everybody can stay healthy. So that's where the whole gadget thing comes into play for my mind. If I said this, I'd say Tebow's going to play a little bit at the tight end. He can block a little bit there. He might be a threat in the passing game to some degree, but not a major threat. Not talking Travis Kelsey and Waller and those kind of guys, obviously. He can play a little fullback for you in short yardage situations, and he can also play special teams for you. Is there value for a player like that? Uh, if I say, hey, short yardage situations, special teams, and even some tight end. And I'm not saying you got to almost take it's hard to do, right? You got to yeah. almost take Tim Tebow's name out of it. But would there be value in that player that can do that? You already mentioned the tight ends. Those guys are going to have to play some special teams as well, sure. right? Uh, will they block in the – can they do the same thing? Fair question. Mm-hmm. So I think there's value in the idea of it. Uh, I just don't know if he's the best guy for it, Yeah. right? Uh, because they might already have a couple of those players. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it was um, – uh, what was his name now? Was it uh, – who caught the touchdown against the Bills? Tight end. Um. When like <laughs> what, what, what game? Uh, Fourth and one. Um, come on, folks! Tight end Jaguars caught the only touchdown. Bills game. The name's on the tip of my tongue. Notre Dame. Uh, oh, Tyler Eifert? No. Oh, that was way in off. In the playoff game. Oh. Um. Ben. Uh, Koyak. Koyak. Thank okay. You. Got you. Gosh, I don't know hard. where we're going with that. Okay, I got you. But there's only been one playoff game in Jacksonville in like the last 50 no, years, listen, okay? Well, first you there's said, been one touchdown hey, in Jacksonville man. in like the last 50 hey, years. Man. First you said who caught the tight end, the touchdown against the Bills. I don't know. <laughs> and then you, you started to narrow it down to the playoff game in Jacksonville. Uh, gotcha. And Koyak. But Koyak yeah. at times would go back there and, and be that um, fullback yeah. guy, mm-hmm. right? So, again, even the Jags have done it in recent history. Uh, he wasn't much of a threat in the passing game, although he did come up with that big play mm-hmm. uh, and should live in Jacksonville Jaguars history and lore, even though I just forgot his name for the last couple moments. But, uh, so, yeah, I don't – I wonder – I don't know how much of this is Urban Meyer's vision, Urban Meyer's ego, Tim Tebow's want. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know where that lies. Mm-hmm. I've heard different things. I've heard – Hey, Urban Meyer kind of 
stoke this idea. Mm. I think from my perspective, I've always thought, as probably Tebow just saying, give me one more chance at 33 years old. I think I can do this. I don't want to hang up the athletic shoes yet. Yeah. Right. And and I, I can do this. I didn't want to do it 10 years ago, but I can do this. Mm-hmm. So uh, I, I guess give me a play. I just give me a play that would be interesting, innovative, that would be worth having Tebow on the field for. They'd say like with a skill set of his would I mean, have it value. Would, it, it, it would have to be him playing the quarterback and out of a wildcat. Like that's the only thing that comes to mind for me. I mean, I can't. Yeah, because I mean, you're not going to run like fullback dive. With, I, I don't know. Like th- this is just my point. It's just I- I'm trying to visualize how he makes this team. I don't think he makes a three tight end roster or a, or a four tight end slash H back roster with just the skill set that he has. I think there's more to this if he makes the team. And that's where the gadgets come into play. Yeah. Uh, it'll be interesting. Uh, we'll spend a little bit more time on it. Uh, can he make the team? <laughs> the yeah. Jags. Listen, if there's one tight, end room in the, in, one tight end room in the NFL that's, well, quite frankly, not very good. Mm-hmm. I mean, the Jags might rank 32 out of 32 teams. For would, sure. Would mentoring count? Towards a plus for him as well? Well, I don't think At mentoring what? on Trevor Lawrence. For, oh. Yeah, for maybe Trevor no. Lawrence or mm. No, I don't think that I don't mm. think that's the case. But I do mm. think you bring up a good point and I wonder how much value we asked this question. How much of this is Urban Meyer saying, We need to change the culture around here? This is one of the ultimate culture guys mm-hmm. that can blend in. Again, I, I go back to the minor league stories. He was not a distraction inside their locker room. He was a very good teammate from everything you hear and read and see. So can this you already got winners in Urban Meyer, good culture guy in Trevor Lawrence, a winner. Can you get that? Does that matter? Does I'm not, I'm not telling you. I'm not trying to sell you on it. Mm-hmm. I'm just wondering how big of that is is the idea of Tebow in Jacksonville, even for the next few months, even if he doesn't make the roster. Mm-hmm. I wonder if it does factor in a little bit as a tone setter kind of thing. And maybe there's a little bit of a pot of gold at the end of the rainbow. Who knows? Uh, we'll be back. Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690. Brent Martineau. This is an email. Why is WWE wrestling not being shown on Friday night? Austin Lane. Thank you very much. Read it right now. Read it right now. This could I be just me. did. Why oh, is WWE? That, that's it. That's I mean, it? that's why I thought. I don't know. I mean, Roman's only five. I don't know how many sentences he can make. Yeah, Smart some, kid. Somebody but, might have proofread it for him. <laughs> Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690. Well, you know, obviously that's important, you know, but that's not my focus right now. My focus is to to learn the offense, keep getting better every single day, you know, do what I can with the guys around me. Uh, and I think the rest takes care of itself. You know, in, in this position, the coaches want to play the best player. And that, that position has got to be earned. You know, I got to go in there and I got to make sure I do what I'm supposed to do. And, uh, you know, that'll take care of itself. Um, Timothy Tebow. That wasn't Tebow. <laughs> no. Uh, Zach Wilson? Yes. Dang. Close. So good at this game. Both quarterbacks for the Jets. Amazing. <laughs> Amazing. I can take the weekend off and still be that good. Oh, you didn't skip a beat, man. <laughs> didn't skip a beat. Matthew says, wait, you forgot who caught the only playoff touchdown in Jacks this century? <laughs> 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 yeah, sorry. I didn't have Ben Koyak on the, uh, yeah, on the I mean, planner to talk about today. Yeah. <laughs> I'm bad I was with there. The names I just don't too. remember it too yeah, much. I was kind of there. Various reasons. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, true. I was a fan. Yeah, I wasn't covering. You were it. different reasons. Different reasons. Yeah. 
Will Ben Koyak go in the pride someday, especially if the Jags don't score another touchdown in the next 10 years? Uh, I, feel like Jay, I feel like that Jaguars defense should go in the pride for that game. I remember because, you know, I, I, I we talked about it before a little bit, but I tweeted because one Bills fan wanted to fight me. With, I mean, surprise, it's playoff football. I get that. But then I kept going to every single Bills fan that I saw because, once again, I was having a good time. But I remember saying, like, you all drove this far down the East Coast to watch your team put up three points. You couldn't even get a touchdown out of them. Yeah. How depressing for you guys. It's Came all this way. Because you know, they had buses. Like, yeah, yeah. There's bus oh, of people jumping off tables and all crowd, that stuff. Yeah. Drove all that way for three points. Mm. You know what's funny? It was a good crowd, and they were all in one spot. See what happens when you're on the visiting team? Mm-hmm. A lot of times they'll be spread out through town. You have, like, a restaurant here or there. But the Bills congregate all in one spot. And so I remember before that game, people were like, it's already like, you know, you're hosting a playoff game. Who cares if, like, 80% of Buffalo shows up? Let's just enjoy the playoff game. Sure. Let's not worry about how many people are from the other team. And, and Bills fans were just as hungry, keep in mind. Oh, yeah. Right? They had yeah. been in the playoffs in forever either. They've stunk for two decades. Mm-hmm. And so you don't blame the Bills fans for buying up tickets. And mm-hmm. probably Jags fans, I don't know if you, you can blame them, but at yeah. the same time, it's like they're probably getting five times face value. No, for sure. <laughs> right? For sure. <laughs> That's no. called an investment. No, exactly. <laughs> I, I mean, I thought Jacksonville came out and, and it was and, cold. And full, full, yeah, for sure. It well, was a little chilly. So going into that stadium, Austin, I remember mm-hmm. everybody's like, oh, my gosh, there's so many Buffalo fans here. Mm-hmm. There's so many Buffalo fans here. And it's like. Okay, we'll see. Well, you get inside the stadium, yeah, and it wasn't close to as many Buffalo fans as everybody thought there was. There was a good contingent of Buffalo fans, yeah, but it wasn't like by the way people were talking that day. You thought there were going to be fifty percent Buffalo fans and fifty percent Jacksonville. Those were the the the, mm-hmm. the stories, the narratives going around social media. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, oh great, here we go. This is going to be embarrassing. Like, it didn't feel that way at all. I mean, at all. Like I was on the field. At the start of the game, place was on fire, yeah. and and as the Jags are winning, the place is on fire, and it's like it felt more ninety percent Jacksonville and ten percent Buffalo. Yeah, I don't even know what the numbers ended up being, mm-hmm. but it certainly wasn't near the narrative of, and I think most of it was because down near the um, what's that, I think like across from Intuition Ale, yeah, is that where they all gathered? Because you stopped by there. Right? They, oh yeah, that's where they circled the wagons. Yeah, yeah. and it was but they were all together right there. Yeah, so it I, looked I, like I a, mean, a ton of them. Yeah, a majority, of like I would say, eighty to ninety percent of them were. I forgot what lot that was, even was, but yeah, underneath that bridge, they were over there. Yeah, yep, exactly. And there's a the couple lot, of them. Too. Yeah, uh, another spot. But I mean, I'll be honest. Like, were they super aggressive? You better believe it. But. One of them, like, I remember, like, one of them asked me to powerbomb him through the table. And I'm like, there's no way, sir. Because th- this could be, like, there's cameras. This could be a lawsuit waiting to happen. All of a sudden, I missed the powerbomb. You land on your head. And now it's a problem. Now it's a lawsuit. So I'm glad I didn't do that. Um, I wanted to. Lord knows I wanted to. But thankfully, I showed a little restraint and didn't do that. How about this tweet by Super 70 Sports I just saw? Tim Tebow could take up the oboe next week, and some bleeping orchestra would sign him next month. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Yeah. That's pretty good. Tebow's a gift that keeps on giving. All of a sudden, all my old Tebow tweets are starting to get rehashed, and now I'm getting mentions again. It's it's the gift that keeps on giving. <laughs> that's really that's pretty good. It's it's crazy that people just like search that dude and want to comment on. I him. know. Polarizing. It. it is amazing. Polarizing individual. It is amazing. What is it? I mean, to the point, it's now what where is it about like I think well, it's, it's the, I think that's faded a bit. Like I don't think it's as much, but it's this is going to bring that up a little bit, sure. not to the degree it used to be. You know, mm-hmm. there's so many people who are just so tired of it locally that mm-hmm. are tired of the Tebow talk. You know, they just got fatigued by it, and 
then it became like, okay, is he going to be a good quarterback or not? And then that he fa- failed in the NFL eventually. Well, those people are like, you might as well have like heard a, an eruption mm-hmm. from those that camp. Yeah. Like we were right. Yeah, yeah, you yeah, were yeah, wrong. Yeah. Didn't yeah. need this guy the whole time. Yeah, it's just it. It does strike me that a, and I understand it's not really. I don't even put it on Tebow. It's just everything around him. Yeah. People kind of got fatigued by from a fan perspective. Yeah. Uh, some people did. Mm-hmm. And so that created this polar opposite thing going on. Um, but I just always it, it always interests me, the dynamic of we all know Tebow is such a like a very good person. Mm-hmm. Right. And yet you have this dynamic where so many people like are almost rooting against him. <laughs> yeah, I know. I mean, it's really kind of if you, I mean, I want to say hate him because nobody, I don't like any hates no, Tim Tebow. But, but rooting like, against they, is a fair thing to no, say. They, they, they root against him, and also, you know, the the rabid fan base that you saw back in whenever it was 2012, like when they would line up outside the stadium at, at 3:16 p.m. and like essentially picket with Tebow signs saying "Sign Tebow," and you know we're leaving the stadium and we see this as players. It's just like. No other guy is bringing that to the table. No. You know, and I'll be honest. No other, I mean, there wasn't a lot of guys in that locker room back in 2012 that wanted him because of reasons like that. Like, because we yeah. have people outside picketing saying, sign Tebow, it's like, number one, imagine, I mean, I, I'm not sure what these people did with their jobs, but, like, nothing says fiscally responsible <laughs> and financially stable as being 3.15 on a Tuesday afternoon and you can go outside and picket for an hour outside the Jaguar Stadium saying you want Tim Tebow. God bless those people. Is it? That's a great question. You got me thinking. Is it the rabid Tebow fan or critic that made Tebow polarizing to some? Say it again. So you just brought up a good point. You have people outside basically with signs saying sign Tebow. Yeah. And that kind of it's like you get fatigued of that as a player in the building. Yeah. Like, really? Come on. Yeah. You know, I mean, we're all good players here. We're all players like this. Not one person's going to save the save our football team. And we don't need one person that badly. Mm-hmm. And so there's that side like that fan kind of forcing Tebow on you mm-hmm. kind of makes you like Tebow. Mm-hmm. Or is it the critic that had that that kind of grew in population mm-hmm. <laughs> for Tebow that that made him this polar opposite because then the fan sticks up for him? You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. No, listen, I mean, to me, it's political, but it's not political, okay? Because we're we're coming down to the constraints and the confines of of religion, right? And and, and people are are super, um, you know, support that, or some people find that if people get in their face about it, some people get offended by it, right? And we see this all the time on any kind of social media platform when it comes to religion-based topics, whether it's just a discussion or whether it's in politics. Like, you know, there's two sides, and there's not really a gray area. And I felt, once again, like, you know, I think Tim Tebow kind of brought a little bit of that. Now, and I can't say this enough, Tim Tebow did nothing wrong. Guy is just staying true to who he is, Just, just, just speaking his truth, living his truth, more power to him. No issue with that whatsoever. But once again, anything with politics, there's two sides to the to the argument, right? There's people that want to support him and go out of their way to support him to almost where it's maybe a little annoying. Yeah. And there's the other side of people that got a problem with that. I think both to extreme levels. Both to extreme levels. I think now if we see the landscape, and hopefully I'm correct here because I would hate to see this go down again. But I think now people have come to the terms of okay, you know, I mean, 
let Tim Tebow do his thing. I support it. I, I like him as a person. Um, and let's move on with our lives and let's see what he can do at the tight end position. Yeah, and I think I think most people are there. I, I agree with you. Yeah. Uh, like I think that's fine. Uh, Mr. Pico Boulevard brings this up. Uh, he says, "I'm just worried the minute Trevor struggles, the fans are going to clamber for Timmy to quarterback." And see, I don't know if he's Ooh. joking by saying that or not, yeah. but I don't think that's the case at all. No. Do you? Well, no. maybe you do. I'm just telling you, I don't think so. I think there is so much. First of all, we know Tebow didn't work out in the NFL as a quarterback. Sure. I think there was a time where it's like, okay, should he be given more of an opportunity? Or you could fight for the, did he get enough? enough? Did he do enough? I mean, was that a fluke? Like people could make those kind of debates, right? And, Mm -hmm. And I think people did for a while. Well, it's been like what? I mean, some five, six years since he's been in the NFL, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Uh, more than that, maybe. And so I don't think people are like, well, he could maybe, wink, wink, he can play the yeah, quarterback. But- and plus Trevor's ability to play the quarterback position, it, everybody knows, and this guy comes in so ballyhooed as a prospect. Like, I think that's why this works okay, because I don't know if there's a fan out there that's going to clamor for Tebow to play quarterback after Trevor throws an interception. Now, C.J. Beathard was the starting quarterback of the Jags, and you did this? Sure. Maybe. Yeah. But not with uh, this situation. See, but I just remember, see, the reason why I'm hesitant to say I 100% agree with you, because I remember back to 2012 when people were clamoring for him to sign in Jacksonville. And, and I get it. He won a playoff game, all this stuff. Yeah. But... If you watch the body of work from the quarterback position of what he was able to do, I think, and I speak for a lot of guys in that locker room, it was like, well, are we getting a quarterback or are we getting a circus and a media circus, right? And I think people that were cheering for Tim Tebow, maybe they wanted that. Maybe they, like he said, put butts in seats and all this stuff. Okay, but this is the, the, the National Football League. This isn't Jackie Moon trying to run the Flint Tropics. All right, if that's a little reference in case you uh, Google it if you don't get it. Thank you. Yeah, you got it. Coos, you got that one? You know who Jackie Moon is? I love that one. What's My the, man. Uh, what's the, what does he say? Everyone quiet when the barracks escapes? Yeah, exactly. Because, oh, like, yeah. There you go, when the barracks escapes. Yeah, I mean, that's what it seems like. It's almost like a, a sideshow where, hey, we got to sell tickets. Well, you're the National Football League. If you win games, you'll sell tickets, okay? So I don't think we're to that point because once again with Urban Meyer and Trevor Lawrence, like I think they're you can't use the selling tickets excuse. Yeah, yeah. We, we've. St- I don't even think that would be a national narrative. Yeah, the, yeah. And, and as it shouldn't be. The whole you know quarterback thing though, I think you know I, I can see a group of people out there. You think and, so? and I'm not proud to say it, but I can see a group of people when Trevor Lawrence maybe you know goes through a rookie wall a little bit, they're gonna say, well, it's, I mean, you see what Tebow's got a little yeah. bit. He's, let's get something different, something new. It's an extra wrinkle. Get him out there. See what he can do. Uh, two quick questions. Yeah. Do you think he makes the roster? Like, what's your gut tell you? I, obviously, we haven't seen him out there, right? Yeah. So, but what is your gut? Would they do this without the idea that he would make the roster? Is a fair question to wonder. Do you do you want my gut gut? Yeah. Do you want my tinfoil hat gut? Yeah. Yeah, I think he does make the roster. I think there's a reason why the tight end position wasn't really addressed that much in the NFL draft. I think there's a reason why Josh Oliver got traded for whatever a sixth or seventh round pick. Um. I think there's a reason why we're not hearing anything on the Zach Ertz end. I think there is a plan for Tim Tebow. Yeah, see, I so don't. I think he makes the team. I don't, don't think he makes it. Yeah, I don't think he makes the roster. Okay. I think this is going to be – he's going to get every effort, every opportunity too. Um, I think it's a tough transition. I do. Let me ask you this. If he had transitioned to tight end when people wanted him to, say after the Denver days or even before, really, yep. would he have had some success in the NFL doing it early?
He's 33 now, you know. I know. Um, possibly, yeah. Well, Why not? Possibly is not an answer. Well, I mean, a yes or no? How do you want me? Sure. Yeah, I, mean, I don't know, Mac. I don't know what it's going to look like. I literally have no idea how this guy can run a route. Like, I, and I don't know how he can run a route back then. I have no idea. If but, I had said to you, Austin, uh, we're loaded up at defensive end. Yeah. Go make, go transition to tight end. We'll give you a year to do it. Yeah. Would you? Could you make the roster? Probably early? not no. now. Realistically, not now. probably not. No. No. And okay. this is coming from a guy who played wide yeah, receiver. Yeah, you played that. That's what, well, that's why I asked it, you. It's that. just it, it, it's. It's hard, man. Yeah. It's, well, it's, it's, it's it is hard. hard. Uh, listen, yeah. I'm not taking that I mean, away, right? Like, Jimmy Graham accomplished that. He played, what, college basketball? Well, they got uh, him. And a lot of people do. A lot yeah. of people transition quarterback to tight end. Uh, yeah. Zach Antonio Miller. Gates did it. Zach Miller. Zach sir. Miller's a really a great. Zach Miller was kind of the Tebow example as mm-hmm. Tebow was coming out mm-hmm. during that time frame. Mm-hmm. They transitioned him from quarterback uh, in Nebraska. Mm-hmm. Uh, not at Nebraska. Nebraska. Omaha. Uh, Omaha. Yep. Two tight end. Yeah. Guy became a very good tight end in the NFL. Mm-hmm. Like, obviously, couldn't stay healthy, but he yeah, very good tight end in the NFL. So that's why I asked him. People have done <laughs> yeah. it. Like, it's the ultimate transition position. <laughs> I'm thinking since Zach Miller gets drafted, right? Yeah. A couple years later, they shut down that program. I'm like, damn, dude, like, who do you cheer for? Like, I always have this conversation. I'm like, at least at Murray State, I can, cheer, I can still cheer for the Racers on Saturday. That's what do you way. do now? Yeah, Nebraska. Like, hey, who do you cheer for? I guess Nebraska. <laughs> Dang, he doesn't have a home anymore. Uh, we'll be back. Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690. But we do have the question out there. Do you think he will make the roster? I mean, that's fair enough. I'm not going to talk Tebow next. We'll, get, we'll have plenty of Tebow talk. I got a feeling. Mm. But uh, what a way to start the week. We'll be back at ESPN 690. Just to test my speed up against, you know, world-class athletes like this. You know, um, you know like I said, man, just had the opportunity to come out here and run against these guys was just was just a blessing. Yeah, you, you weren't afraid of the risk of what might happen in terms of just your profile and just your speed on the field, which we all love to see. Why, why were you not afraid to risk it? Because I'm a football player and an athlete first. Right. And I'm a man of God, so, you know, I just do things because I want to do it. Help us understand the difference between the speed that we saw, we see you do on the field as a wide receiver, of course, and that chase down versus the type of speed you need on the track. Is there a difference in your mind? Did you learn something today? Oh, yes, sir. These are world-class athletes. They do this for a living. Um, and it's very different from football speed. That's Tim obviously DK Metcalf. Oh, yep. Everything Tim Tebow today. Oh, he says man of God. I see me, where you're going. Had me fooled. Had me fooled for a second. Did you watch that? I, I saw the highlights. I, I got you. Shout out to the Peacock uh, app. I got to watch that live. Interesting. So what's your overall take on DK Metcalf running that? Are you, like, Fast. super impressed? Yes. Big time impressed. You know what's amazing about it is the fact that he's 6'4", 235, I think, is what DK Metcalf is. Ridiculous. And you look at him next to, like, a sprinter. Yeah. And it looks like he's in the wrong event. Yeah. He should be in, like, the discus or something. Yeah. <laughs> you know? No, was... I mean, the bot, the build of the of a of a... Sprinter yeah. versus that of DK Metcalf, which I wouldn't even say a wide receiver because he's built differently than so many wide receivers. Yeah, but it—that's what was so impressive. So mm-hmm. obviously, ten point three seven is crazy fast. Blazing. It was impressive what he did, and it goes back. I go back to the question, like I said last week, man. I—I I think if more of these guys trained to do something like that, they would. I'm not sure every one of them. I'm not yeah. saying even DK Metcalf or a Tyreek Hill, but I bet there are some folks in the NFL that if they train diligently for like a year or so, yeah. that they could really compete at that level and make a run at an Olympics. I'm not saying they would be better than the people that do it all the time, yeah. but I think they'd be right in that conversation. It, it sucks that there's not like an indoor Olympic track event because I wonder what a 60 meter yard dash would be because they were on the indoor yeah. uh, circuit. 
Um, because like the, like the first 60 meters, like he was pace for pace with everybody else. And then obviously he kind of lost the breakaway speed a little bit, but I was very impressed by DK and obviously that they hyped this thing up the entire, um, the entire event, you know, even to the fact that when the race was finished and they talked to the winner of it, DK Metcalf was standing right next to him, like literally like in the winner's circle. Cause they had to interview him as well. So I think it opens up uh, the possibility to have more athletes do this and kind of crossover stuff pending nobody gets hurt. The minute somebody gets hurt, then it's game over. It's over. And, and that's it. Thanks for coming. But I thought it was I thought it was a great showing by DK Metcalf. I think he proved a lot of people wrong because people want to be critics about it. But it just shows you there's a difference between being a world class football player with speed and a world class sprinter. Real quick, I was going to say I was talking to Bachman about this, and he brought up an interesting point. You know, I, like we had like the beach volleyball thing, and Edwards got hurt. They never did that again around the Pro Bowl. Oh yeah, and they've yeah, done yeah. other things. They don't want guys getting hurt. It makes a lot of sense. Mm-hmm. The Pro Bowl is a joke right now. They do have those passing contests sometimes that are fun to watch for people. Mm-hmm. Seriously, do you think it would be entertaining if you got like? Just 10 heats of NFL players running the 100-meter dash. Would you sign I up for think, a couple hours you know to what? watch that? When Bachman was here one time, we talked about this. And my whole premise was is that we want to see who the fastest guy is. We want to see who the strongest guy is. So, like, put, I don't know, a million dollars to the winner. Let it, some of it go to charity yeah. and have a 40-yard uh, dash event. Have a bench pressing Or even event. the 100. I mean, the 100 is oh, obviously yeah, the standard or, thing. Or the 100, too. 100 meter, yeah, right? Yeah, I mean, well, whatever you want to do. For sure, do the 100 meters you want. Because these guys do that anyway. They train like that. So it's not yeah. out of the ordinary. For sure. But, yeah, so, so have the bench press competition. Have the 100-meter um, dash. Uh, have the quarterback challenge. Have the, see how long a quarterback can throw it. You know, yeah. like, have those competitions because we want to know who has the biggest arm. I'm not sure. Does Josh? I don't know who has. The is it Aaron Rodgers? Is it? Yeah. Is it Patrick Mahomes? Yeah. Is it Josh let's, Allen? Let's find out. Trevor I don't want to watch him play. Trevor Lawrence could be. I don't watch him play dodgeball during the Pro Bowl. I want to see who the biggest, fastest, strongest is. Let's go. Yeah. And, and it's just specifically the hundred meters is an easy watch. It's a fun watch. Mm-hmm. And you could do shoot, man. You could do ten heats of it. Yeah. And then get down to or eight heats of it and get the top eight guys and then go. Absolutely. And you could make it an hour. It'd be recorded, but it'd yeah. be like an hour TV of it. Yeah. I think it'd be kind of fun. I and bet somebody also eventually, very low risk injury. Not, yeah, right? I know, but eventually somebody gets hurt. Yeah, I no, feel no, like, they do. you know. Well, you do it in like, I don't know, April or May. Or <sighs> yeah, something. no, for sure. I don't know what for you sure. do. It. It's a full year. Of the but I want to see who has the biggest arm in the NFL. Don't you? Aren't you curious about yeah, that? Yeah, it would be. Not like it matters, but yeah. just to say. Yeah. yeah, I guess they just don't want to put them in there. Like home run derby, right? I mean, yeah. Uh, let's get submarine Mike real quick before we hit the top of the hour. A little Iceman chatter as the Iceman are trying to chase down Orlando for that fourth and final playoff spot. What's happening, man? And Indy's right there, too. They could catch either one of them. And Indy has been playing like like uh, so. Um, but <laughs> the Iceman have been I, playing I, very well. They have. That's, and Lime Pond, so listen, when I say this, I say this with all respect to the Duval chance. Okay, but uh, I'm gonna give you an example. Saturday night, someone yelled "Duval" at the game. Ten seconds later, Wheeling scored. Oh. A couple minutes later in the game, someone yelled "Duval." Ten seconds or fifteen seconds later, Wheeling scored again. That was the one game they lost this weekend. Now Wheeling did score eight, eight goals that game. Right. I am not superstitious, <laughs> but I am a little stitious. And it seems like every time someone comes to a game and they're maybe new and. Listen, folks, we want you to come and have fun. And I don't speak for anybody but me, okay? I just want to make sure everybody understands that. But, please, we have all sorts of chants. You can scream and holler. You can yell, you suck. You can whatever you want without cussing. But just please know Duval, guys. I'm asking politely. It's my superstitious nature. I'm, and I'm, I'm just hoping you could help 
us Ho- make the hopefully, playoffs. Hopefully, the, yeah, happens. hopefully that works. Put it on the whiteboard, man. Maybe that will turn, change things around, <laughs> change the karma. I've, I've, I've done that, but it, you know, not everybody comes to every game. So I'm, I'm trying to reach the masses, and I'm asking respectfully. All right. I've been home, by the, the way. Masses. Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. Again, go check out the Jacksonville Iceman. Submarine Absolutely. Mike will be there. Thanks, man. We appreciate it. We're going to run to the top of the hour. We'll be back. More football talk, 4 o'clock. Coming up on Action Sports Shacks on ESPN 690. Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive offers. 15178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark.